In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Tokenet Radio, Tokyo Entertainment, or the owners group. senses and challenge your beliefs a world where science and religion clash or do they you will meet real people and hear real stories but you will not believe you will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds but you will not believe this is the new england ghost project good evening everyone and welcome to another edition of ghost chronicles live on tojinet i am ron colet your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, New England's own Van Helsink. And I am here deep in the heart of which country? Which country? No, Massachusetts, United States. Which country? Salem. Salem. How green is that? But anyways, uh, with me is not Maureen. It's my uh, new co-host. Well, seems like my new co-host. The only kid, Maureen, you're, you're really my co-host, honestly. If you listen, which is not. Uh, anyway, uh, Fiona, Fiona Broom of Hollow Hill, the Queen of Hollow Hill. Hi. Hi there, Ron. Are you all set for another whirlwind? Absolutely. We have such fun doing this. And also with us, I mean, we are, wait a minute, we're in Salem, but we're not like in just Salem. We're in like the witchy Salem, the place that is the existential witch Salem. We are in. I don't know, I made it up. Uh, we are in Hex, which is the home of Christian Day. Well, it seems like nowadays, right? Existential. <laughs> that, that, that's good. Uh, Christian Day, who is a witch in Salem, and also Rihanna Marana, who is an Italian witch. The same. Yeah, how we all say it. So, Christian, uh, this is your store? Yes, we've been open about four months now. And we're a very different vibe than what you normally see in Salem. I think that many of the witch shops here in town, they're quite beautiful. You know, we have about 15 of them. But they all play it kind of safe. We decided to do something a little more saucy. So we kind of crossed gothic industrial with New Orleans bordello, a little bit of root work, some magic, you know, from different traditions around the world. Well, I've known you for quite a while, and I would expect, expect saucy from you. Well, you know how that goes. And also with this is uh, all the way from the U.K., uh, Wales, uh, that's part of the U.K., for those who don't know the geography, uh, is the young, upcoming, uh, top gun, edgy, spike tier, psychic, Gavin Conwell. Good evening, Ronald. Very good. Very proper. Oh, how are you? I'm good. No, I'm really excited, actually, to be back in Sicilia. Especially Hex, they came in March, and it was kind of still under construction. It was a work in progress. And um, it's absolutely wonderful. I've never seen a shop like it, and this is how a witch shop should be to me. You know, I really love it. Yeah, shop. So anyways, if anybody wants to call in and ask any of these weirdos any uh, questions, the number is 877 
Uh, join us live in the uh, Toji chat room, which is somewhere in here. But anyways, so Christian, I mean, this is a big jump for you to, uh, you know, invest in a, this is a condominium, basically, right? Yeah, well, we, we bought the space that we're in, mostly because it really felt like we've been on the outs. You know, the people that run festivals. Right. Well, we come along in October and we make this big splashy entrance and, you know, people that are here year-round doing their thing are sort of like thinking of us like Ray Bradbury's autumn people coming along with our dark carnival stealing souls. So, you know, I figured, well, if I buy the thing and I put a shop in it, then people realize, you know, I'm, I'm committed to the city. You know, I should be committed. And uh, basically... But it, it really, it represents, oh, I'm dropping it. This represents a vision of what I've been trying to do for some time. It's it really like the, the apex of my work because what the festival does in October now with the store, we can do year-round. And that is, it, 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 well, the whole concept of the store is a magical apothecary. So while we have the respect for the old ways and the old gods, what really happens here is the magic. You know, people will come in and they're like, I want to win at the casino. So, you know, here, you use this potion or this oil or this, you know, herb or carry this in a bag. And, and we give them spells and, and we have a working altar that people will leave the names of the dead. You know, they'll write out letters to their... We had a seven-year-old girl. I totally lost it. She sat down at our Wizard of Oz table and she wrote a letter to her departed father and left it on, on the altar. So it's, it's a working spirit altar, but people also put their wishes and goals and things on the altar. So it's, it, it, what we're trying to do is bring the practice of the old magical apothecary to Salem, which, you know, surprisingly, despite the number of witch shops, that energy has never really been here, not like in New Orleans with the voodoo shops. So we really wanted to bring that kind of root to the energy. You're, you're a witch too, right? Yeah. What do you think of this being a witch? Is it, kind of like, is it like a tourist a trap, or is it something that's, that's useful? No, it, it, if you're coming for the tourist thing, you will find it here, and this is not the tourist trap place. This is a mix of traditions. It is a beautiful store, and he's right. It brings a lot of that New Orleans feeling to it, which I love. I spent a lot of time in the French Quarter in New Orleans, and, and this has got that authentic ring to it. He's got... He's got some amazing fragrances. He's got some great candles. He has herbs. He has a, a pendulum. I mean, there's just so much here. I could spend, like, two weeks in the store and probably not see everything. And it's got a cozy feeling to it at the time. It's not like you're going to walk in here and go, uh-oh, I'm going to get cursed. I'm leaving here now. Um, it, it's got a, a really authentic feeling, but a good feeling. And I'm just thrilled to be here. I've never been in the store before. shoplift. <laughs> Curse the shoplifters! Well, they're, the, they're in the basement in a little jar. <laughs> really? Uh, anyways, um, so we've got another witch here who is Gavin. Gavin is actually a witch as well. So Gavin, you're across the pond. So how does this witch store uh, compare to like the other witchy stores in England? Well, there's hardly any. There, well, there's no witches shops, actually. They, you get the kind of new age shops that sell incense and crystals and all of that sort of stuff. Absolutely nothing like this. I was going to say to Christian, or the chain, for goodness sake, because it's, I would kill for, for a shop like this near me, you know, to make these things accessible, you know? It's ideal, because back in the UK, us witches don't have very much 
as, as the way of, like, they start, you know? I have to say, though, when I do my product research on the, on the Internet, some of the best things I find online. I mean, the, the Bethans, they don't have good Bethans here, you know, like, the hell is the Bethan? The Witch's Woman, you have the Ash Staff, the Willow Binding, and the Birch Switch, and that's the traditional way, and you can't find them here. And I want them in the store, but all I can find is those blonde corn booms, but just, it's too hippie F. No one wants to see that. You know, and that, um, you just find some great, like I found this nemesis now, and it's really amazing, God statues and but you can't order them here. And then I find, and then they send me their local distributor in some porn shop. And they don't, they don't have all of the, they don't have all of the products. So I'm thinking, well, you know, it's very hard. I mean, what I try to do is I try to find artists, so if there are any out there, um, and, and that are not so loving hands at home. You know what I mean? I mean, it's what everybody thinks they can sell for hours. You know, but I mean, we really have to go above that to get something that's very quality and different. You know, like the, the Haitian-style voodoo dolls from the woman in Los Texas, the conjure oils, which are voodoo root work. You know, I'm a much broader perspective type of witch. I don't... Are we back? <laughs> wow. I mean, I'm telling you, every time I go around Christian, last time we went to his house and we broadcast there, we had to end the show early because, uh, okay, we're okay, because we kept looping. Everything we said kept playing over and over again. They shut everything down. That was really bizarre. But once again, I expect nothing less. So, I mean, you've got all these herbs and things here. Can't you put these on here to protect it from the electrical gods or something? Or demons? Do you have a plate in your head or something? Herbs. 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 You remember herbs? Yeah. Well, um, so, I don't know. I'd like to get some really unique things. I mean, we had this one success story. That the food, see, I look at witchcraft as the practice of magic that we use to serve the people who come to us. And we may serve the old gods and the things that people often associate with paganism. But for me, those things were true of everyone in the ancient world. They would worship various pagan deities if they were with us But what made a witch different was the way that we used our magic and psychic ability in ways that ordinary people generally didn't do. I mean, I believe everybody has a little psychic ability, but I also believe that some are born gifted and special, and there are people that have that talent to, to a greater amount, and those were the witches. And so, you know, we had this we had this woman out in Oregon who makes these conjure oils, and they're all made from the traditional food recipe. And we had a woman come in, and she says, "My husband's cheating on." And Leanne says, "Well, maybe you can use some of this stay true to me oil. You know, you got to love success stories." And the woman came back a week later, and she says, "Well, I put the, the conjure oil on my husband's car." and ended up crashing down on the highway and had to have replaced the transmission for $1,500. So, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that's necessarily proof that these things work, but I like to think they do, and, I, and it's always nice to hear people come back and say, well, you know, it works in a special way. I, like, I really like how you're describing the use of the craft in practical terms. This is, these yeah. are the things where it can genuinely help people. And I do tend to differentiate between that and, and I use Wicca to describe generally more the religious, yeah. yeah so, yeah. 
you know, I, while I, you know, I will wear the, the pentacles, uh, you know, I, I try and differentiate because it's the craft is the practical hands-on stuff. Pentacle is great because it goes so far beyond Wicca in the sense that, you know, the, the Assyrians and Mesopotamians and, and, and the Greeks, I mean, this is one of the most widely used symbols throughout history. And it represents, to me, the human body and the protection of the circle, which is something that's found in many, many religions. So for me, I like the witchcraft idea of, you know, it's quite possible that, you know, people like Isaac Bonner with the right, and the word witch was probably derogative for most of its history, but we take that word back because we know originally what people described witches as was a, 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 a person who was going to help you when all else failed. And what's interesting is, on the George Norrie show, they asked us, you know, Fiona... Are you named Yeah. No, but they asked Fiona and Horn and I about, you know, which is devil worshippers and, you know, so on and so on. And I said, you know, the thing about this question that gets me is, I think, it's my fear, that on an intrinsic level, people know that witches aren't devil worshippers. And I think on, an, on a real gut level, people know what witches are. They know that they're not Wiccan. They know that they're not devil worshippers. They know that they're not characters on a boom, they know that the witch is that person who begins with a priest in it. And they may fear us and respect us in equal measures because they know what we can do. But let, let no one forget, they all end up at our table eventually. You know, they show up in the middle of the night. Look at this archetype is as old as the Bible and King Saul, whose priest could not conjure the spirit of Samuel, and Saul was massacring witches according to the laws of Moses, but where did he go? And he couldn't get what he wanted. He went to the witch. Well, everyone does. Well, that's what we do. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't feel... Wait a minute. I wouldn't feel so bad, though. I mean, the, the Baptists don't think the Catholics are Christians. They all come to us, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there are witches who are Wiccans, but there are witches who are Catholics. There are witches Absolutely. who are Jewish. Absolutely. Some of the most powerful witches are those little old Catholic ladies throwing the scapulas and, you know, the St. Jude medals and... And the, the bottom line is magic comes from the heart. And if you find it within yourself, a lot of that, what my friend Sean used to call the inner wit, you know, to express itself outward, you know, to let the magic from within. Come. I call that a bitch. Well, like my friend Laurie Bruno always says, that the coven is within you. You have the whole coven within you. You have all the power of that magic within you. And if there's no one else and there's no pentacles and there's no tools or herbs or herbs, or, you know, voodoo dolls or what have you, that what, you know, it's great that I'm able to open a shop that helps people to find these things, but ultimately the truest magic is coming from within. And you need to be able to go to your, you know, one of the most powerful, you know, I do phone readings all, all of them, and people call me, and they don't live near You know, a lot of people don't believe they think it's all a bunch of junk. You're reading from a script, yada, yada, yada. No, I don't read from a script. No. And I understand the skepticism because there's a lot of fraud out there. But here's the thing, you know, the the... I tell my clients, the most powerful magic you can do, here's how to, here's how to turn Walmart into a magical apothecary. You go, they, you know, if they have the grocery section, you've got all your spices and herbs. If you go to, they have the candles, they've got the parchment in the office supply section. Be amazed. I mean, the, the thing is, is, and even if you can't find any tools, you need to go to find the things of the earth, or, or, or more importantly than anything else, what is in your soul? Because if you can't connect to what's within, it, it won't work for you. Because the, the intention and the inward connection is everything. But the other thing I think that's been lost in many ways in the modern you know, pagan revival is that it's become 
I hear terms a lot like faith community. Well, we're another faith community, and we want to be respected like every other religion. Well, you know what? That all sounds really groovy, you know, in a, you know, let's all share in pod sort of way, but that's not what a witch is. We are not like everybody else. We talk to people's dead grandmothers. You don't get that at the local parish. It just isn't something you get at the synagogue. I mean, you might get it at the spiritual church, but, I mean, that, other than that, you know, we're doing things. We're casting spells. We're causing changes in the weather around us. We're changing people's lives in our own and healing the sick and doing things that are not the task of the ordinary. And that, I think, for to say that a witch is, you know, we're just like every other religion is, really losing the meaning of who we are and what we do. One of the things I really like about your store is the same thing that I see going on with Persenzac, for example. I see a lot of holistic influence where different traditions are coming together and we're breaking down the boundaries to separate this tradition from that tradition. We're getting to the core of our belief system, the things that actually work that are universal regardless of which label you put on it. You like that in this store because you do have... Voodoo, you've got voodoo, you've got, you know, witchcraft. Yeah, it, 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 it's got that, that universal power feeling instead of the boundary setting. And that's where I think the future is going to be with the craft. I somebody appreciates that one. I've only been here for four months, so you could know, like, we have these choices to make every, you know, because we don't have a huge amount of product. Because we knew. You know, we, we find this, we find that, but I mean... A year from now, once, I mean, I found this place in Israel with all the seals of Solomon and silver and the Hamsa, you know, because I like the old Turkish, you know, with the evil eye oh. hand. That's kind of, well, that's cool. You know, that's the magic of the heart and the heart and, and the regular people. I mean, I, I, it's my belief that in the ancient world, everybody did some form of magic. But it's just like every grandmother cooked to some degree or another. But you went to the five-star chef to have the full experience of you know, the best grandmother, the Italian. Um, <laughs> so, uh, that's the thing, you know, there were people that were specialists and the witch was the one that you went to, to get that. So that's what we're hoping to do is to empower people. There are times that people will come here and they'll buy a candle and, and they'll go to the altar and they'll light it here and we'll do the, ma- and we don't charge them, for that. you know, we'll sit and spend time with them and say, you know, this is what to do because the goal for us is to bring back people's faith in magic that magic is something available to all of us at some level or another. You won't all be this master witch, but you could certainly, you know, rub a little something on your hands to go to the casino and maybe have a little better luck. You know, maybe... Does it work? Well, I, I, I can, I'm not a casino person. They're illegal in Massachusetts. You Unless know, you're an Indian. Well, I'm not an Indian. But have you noticed everybody's in the, everybody always says they're a little bit Native American. We should all... Sorry, Christina. I think that's really good what you said then about they can come into the shop and buy a candle of whatever, you know, whatever they want to do in their life. And you help them with that, because I think a lot of people do get worried because there's rules, they think there's going to be rules on how you do things, and which makes them think, you know, I, I better not do it in case I accidentally curse somebody or I'm going to get it wrong and it's not going to work. So I think that's a really good thing that you're doing by the fact that they can come in off the street, they've got a problem, they've got an issue in their life, they can, you can show them what bits they can buy, what they, they can use, and you can help them and they can use the office in the shop. You know, it's the only shop I've ever seen with the word Nostra, and I think it's absolutely... Brilliant, you know? I think that's a real work in, in October. Oh, I saw many people talking it over. They're clipping it out. Uh, but it, 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 earlier, Leanne was here. Right, yeah. Okay. And you and I were talking, and we were talking about uh, certain spells to uh, keep... Uh, <clears throat> oh, well. Uh, <laughs> 
to uh, keep people out of your lives, uh, to put some distance between you. And you told me she actually rents space in her freezer for this, right? Yeah. Well, she'll put people in bottles and then, you know, charge them five bucks a, a month in the freezer. I, I get a kick. Well, she's old, well, she's old school Italian, you know, and, and it's, it's a different vibe. I, mean, I, I often get questions. I have, you know, we're, we're very different than what you see in them. So we do have things like hexing candles. The way I look at it is this. You know, you start out with a love candle because you always want good vibrations. In it. Yeah. And then you get the money candle because you really, you know, usually all the fights start over the money. So, you know, make sure that's doing okay. Then if the problems start, you know, protection is good. You want protection. That's something you always imagine. Protection, whether it be you, know, you, you take the God's eye crosses with four iron nails and tie them up in red thread and hang them over all your doors. Well, you, you have to make computer here or not? Well, I don't know with you. I don't think you should do anything more than necessary to that thing. You're liable to break it. But you might sprinkle kosher salt. You know, a lot of people use sea salt. I like kosher salt from the earth. That's the old school European. You know, you sprinkle that across the doors, kosher salt. And then, um, well, sea salt is from, it's the water element. So where, where I like the kosher salt, because, you know, I wondered, I asked my friend Lori Bruno, she's the one that gets the kosher salt. Well, if you mix them, can you, you get both energy, you know, see a little kosher, kosher sea salt? Well, can you? I don't know. She's stick, she sticks with the kosher. She pours it in the shower, you know. Just, I mean, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. But the thing is, is that um, we do things for protection. Then, if that doesn't work. You know, I like what I, I like to call my candles because we, we're the home of the Red Sox. And we have like reverse the curse. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I call the candles reverse the curse or curse the curse. Kind of thing like that. And that's when you might put cord matches. You know, you wrap your red, white, and black cord nine times on a cord and hang it to the door and put mirrors on it and coffin nails and other symbols. And that sends the energy back. Now, that's when you start to get into that gray area that people bitch and moan about, well, and that's why I made the first reverse candle gray for that reason. And then you get into the downright hexing, and that's where, you know, there's a lot of talk about the threefold law and that sort of thing, or the harm none. And there, there's no primary source material for either of those prior to the 20th century. There just isn't. But that's not to say that there's some license as a witch to go around hurting people. It's just like, and it, it, I like this comparison. We have a police force that goes around, or an FBI and such, or a military that hopefully does a, a just job when they can. And they carry guns, and they do so to keep the peace and protect the people. It's their job. And most of the time, you know, our police do a very wonderful job. And, but you wouldn't want some random person just running around with a gun, you know, pointing it at various people. Magic is like this. Magic can be used for justice. I'm personally not a believer in karma in the traditionally understood vernacular sense here in America. You know, that cash power of it all. I don't believe in that. I do believe, however, in justice. And that injustice is not about vigilante or revenge or, or any of that. It's about the balance within the universe. That in the, in the tarot, the justice is balanced out. Justice is as much correcting a wrong as it is giving a homeless person a sandwich to correct an imbalance in the world. And so there are times when you must wield the sword of justice as a witch, that magic for you, if you are a true witch and you are serving the higher power, that the magic that you use is used to right the wrongs the same way a policeman uses a gun, to a point that may seem like, you know, 
of justice, but we come from an era when you didn't get justice if you didn't have money. If your daughter was raped and you went to the police, they wouldn't help you if you didn't have money. The priest would say to say a Hail Mary, what did you do? You went to the witch. The Budapest talks about this in her book, about the value of the witch. And I love talk to her once on the phone. She's amazing. And she talks about this. But, you know, back then, you didn't have money. You went to the witch. And that was a solemn role. So if someone, a woman came to me, she says, oh, my, my brother-in-law is beating my sister every week, and should I buy this hexing candle? I've done all this protection magic, and it doesn't seem to work. I said, well, I said, let me do a little psychic thought on it, and, you know, I might do a reading to see that that person's really telling the truth and they're not just trying to hurt people. And that's how I, I use that. But let it be known that witches are, are, are absolutely wielders of justice and that there are times when force is necessary. I mean, we hope that a war is just. I mean, I don't think that Iraq is, in my opinion, but I'm sure most people would say World War II was a necessary evil. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find too many people that would disagree with that, given that what we say for the Jews and 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 that's. But I guess my point is, there are times when that kind of power is necessary, but for it to be abused, I think the witch would rain fire down on themselves, but not if in a karma sort of threefold way, but just by virtue of the fact that if you live a life of constant violence, you will eventually just attract people to you that are like that. It, we actually got a couple of questions. Uh, first of all, they said, uh, who is their highest power or higher power? Well, I think for me it's interesting because you said that higher power. I just said higher power. I'm going to contradict everything I just said. <laughs> in the sense that, for me, the real power of magic is within. And I'm kind of agnostic when it comes to that. I mean, I believe in serving the universal good. You're a race captain, no doubt. Okay. I mean, I believe in serving justice and ethics. But ethics comes from logic, and you don't. You could be an atheist and work out a system of ethics based on what makes sense to do in an orderly society and to avoid chaos and destruction. Um, however, I believe there is a higher power, a deeper power, as Starhawk might call it. You know, yeah, in all things. But I don't necessarily know it's that definable, and I don't know that us as oh, he doesn't have a name. Well, I don't know if we as humans would know it if it did. Before we get into all of the religions uniting is that, you know, there are religions that say God's name is not known or it can't be said. And, you know, the concept of God... I know I can't. The, the concept of God being within you, inside of you, is, I think, also a fairly universal concept. So what you're talking about is not unique to the craft, and it is something that I think most people can understand and agree with, that there is that God essence within you. And when we start putting labels on it, then we're creating dividers again. And I, I hate to see that happen because I feel as though we need to see where our commonalities are and stop using labels to separate witches from Christians, from Jews. From this. You know, a lot of our world's problems right now are because of those labels, and it's really unfortunate. So anyway, take, take a deep breath on that because we're going to be taking a break. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles on TojiNet. We are broadcasting live from... In Salem, Massachusetts. We'll be right back after these messages.
Whatever happened to Peggy Sue? She was 17 when Buddy Holly wrote the song that changed her life, Buddy Holly's hit song, Peggy Sue. Tragedy struck on February 3, 1959, when Buddy Holly was killed in a plane crash. Peggy Sue's whole world crashed as well, and now Peggy Sue is telling her story. The whole controversial story, it's the real story about a relationship with Buddy and the real story of her marriage to Buddy's best friend and a drummer in the band. A marriage that was filled with emotion and physical abuse. It's the autobiography of Peggy Sue Guerin called Whatever Happened to Peggy Sue. And now, Peggy Sue is reaching out to women who feel trapped in a marriage of physical abuse. The National Coalition Against Domestic Violence has named Peggy Sue as one of its main spokespersons and to host a new domestic violence radio show on Togenet.com. Whatever Happened to Peggy Sue is available on the web at PeggySueOnline.com and at national bookstores. Whatever Happened to Peggy Sue, published by Toggy Entertainment. Hi, this is Elizabeth Foley of Divine Healing, and join me for the Phoenix Hour. Tips and tools for personal and spiritual transformation on TojiNet every Wednesday from 4 to 5, beginning January 9th. Listen live to the most outstanding names in metaphysics as well as some new emerging personalities in the spiritual community. Each Wednesday on TojiNet.com, there will be straight talk exploring various metaphysical theories, beliefs, healing modalities, and tools for personal and spiritual transformation. Join me as we explore not only angels, but everything else under the stars. Be the phoenix, forever changing and transforming every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m., and see you then. We're back. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles Live on Jojanet. I am Ron Kolick. With me is Fiona Broom, the queen of Hollow Hill, which is www.hollowhill.com, and also uh, Mr. Gavin Cromwell, who's actually a real descendant of Mr. Uh, what's his name, Cromwell? Yeah, that Oliver Cromwell, who invented England or something. Uh, but anyways, your website is at, uh, Gavin? GavinCromwell.com. Well, that's a tough one. We are broadcasting live from Hex, which is the brainchild, the birth, the equisensing, the hexosensory of, of uh, Christian Day. I uh, used to be a high priest, but he's just a witch, though. That's a nice... No, you know what it is? No, when, when my business partner died... You know, we had gotten a little bit carried away with the titles. At one point, he declared me the Grand Vizier of the Salem, which has been much as I adore the way that rolled off the tongue. My feeling is that it takes away from the role of the witch. Excuse me. And it kind of ties into that question that we were just asked about, you know, what is our higher power? Because quite honestly, you don't go to a witch to find God. You don't. I mean, I'm not saying we don't have a spiritual connection, and most of the witches I know have very deep spiritual beliefs, often very religious beliefs. They're pagans of one stripe or another, but that is not what makes them witches. It's important to note that the pagans persecuted witches, too. Christianity did not invent witch persecution. There were Roman emperors that instilled laws against us, because while they could have a food test to test food, or an army to keep away, you know, Brutus, or everyone but Brutus, I should say, but... um, but what were they going to do about that old lady on the edge of the forest that's sitting there, you know, cooking up her brew because the emperor's policies are hurting the poor? What were they going to do? You know, that they, they were often pagan poor against us. So I, for me, it's like you get into the question of who's the higher power. Well, I can go into various pagan theologies and beliefs, but they have absolutely nothing to do with me being a witch. Me being a witch has everything to do with the people who seek me out for the work that I do. I, I need help with my relationship. I need help with 
my job or, you know, very mundane matters. And every once in a while, people will be concerned with spiritual matters. But even then, it's usually I want to communicate with my departed grandmother. I want to find out where she hid the money. You know, I mean, it's all very mundane. And once in a while, people will get into the spiritual realm, but never quite in the way that they seek out a priest. We're not, that's not what we do. We begin where the priest ends. They go to the priest to feel great about spirituality and life. But when it all stops working for them, that's when they come to us. This actually goes to another question that we received. By the way, if you have a question, you can call in at 877-864-4869, or join us in the Toji Net. This actually came, do you believe witches are real? And I think I know where she's going with this question. She's not saying she's throwing everything into witches. We had touched on it briefly before about Wiccan. And there are so many people who uh, embrace the Wiccan uh, Spiritually, they, they call themselves witch, which, well, I do. I, I really do. And I, you know, but you're a witch. I mean, well, you're no, it's okay. I'm a normal person. So that's what I'm Hold on. Owning a witch shop, when someone comes right. in and asks, is a witch is real? Yeah. What I usually take that as is the things that you claim to do. In other words, can you really cast spells? Right. But if, if you have someone who's just practiced the Wiccan religion, right? Versus that's real by definition of the fact that they say they are and they do rituals, but... I, no, honestly, I, I can only speak from experience, and I don't yeah. have the advantage of the person on the phone. But I know that when someone comes in the shop and says, well, is all this real or is witchcraft real? You're not really talking about my beliefs or are they real, my beliefs. You're talking about if I buy this money candle from you, am I going to have a little bit better luck? Right. I mean, because it's the same question we all want to know. It's the same question that we as witches, when we first began to experience the psychic side of life and, and have those amazing experiences, I mean, I'm a skeptic. I still question this stuff. All these years later, I still have these moments of doubt, and I'm thinking, well, you know, am I wasting my time here burning this candle, or is this just, you know? But I figure my attitude about that is I could just as easily spend monthly TV watching signs, all or whatever. At least this way, you know, I feel like I'm learning something about magic, and and I feel it is real. I mean, I've had so many experiences that that have said that. But here's the thing: just like religion, it's usually Oh, it's somebody else's story. In other words, Jesus walked on water, but you weren't there to see. So until you learn how to do it yourself, not that I'm saying, but maybe tomorrow, I'll try, to, I'll try again next week. But that, um, I guess what I'm getting at here is that we, hello. I'm totally having a brain. <laughs> Basically, the witch... It's, it's your own experience. In other words, if you reach within yourself and allow the magic to come through, then you will see. If you do not, are not willing to open your eyes to it, you're never going to learn anything from somebody else's story. You could read the Bible till the cows come home, and you're going to be reading about some man that probably did some quite miraculous things, but you are never going to be there to see it. You will never have the proof. And that's where they say faith comes in. Well, you know what? I don't need faith. To, to live a life of magic is to know that it is real, but it is always within your own experience. But, I mean, there are so many things associated with witchcraft that are really not true. They really don't work. And by, aren't you really just promoting them as well? For instance, you don't fly in a group. Tell me you You don't. Okay. Well, I have a dice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I, I saw over here, wait a minute, when we get the book, wait a minute, we got a book on this is called the necrochromium, uh, whatever the heck I What is it called? No, 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 that's chromium picolony. Yeah. Um, 
It's basically all about calling on the darker nature of ourselves. When they but, say calling but, the dark forces of power, yeah, what the energy of that? I mean, it's a isn't thing. it like what's okay, like the book it's written by Lovecraft? No, no, it's no, not totally no, the Necronomicon. Right, but, exactly. So the idea of this is that when they say calling on dark forces, no, it's all very theatrical sounding, but for me, that there's a darker side within each of us that we sometimes can benefit from like a battery when we learn to confront it. The darkest sides of ourselves are often the most creative sides. Some of the greatest pieces of art ever written or created have come out of a place of pain and darkness. So we reach within that and often can find you know, the, the creation from the destruction. And it's the perfect balance of yin and yang. And that's why I think when we call up something that's a little softier or a little stranger, we're not necessarily saying, okay, I'm going to take over the universe with the demonic powers of hell or whatever. That's not what I'm promoting, though it certainly sounds fun. <laughs> At least for a Saturday night. Yeah. To me, one of the things that's really interesting is where do you draw the line? You know, in Catholicism, you've got no Venus. And then, which, Amen. which I've seen work absolutely amazingly. I use them myself, and they are terrific. And then you've got the slightly hybrid. You've got Baudun and Voodoo and Santeria, and they are mixing some of these Christian and Catholic belief systems in with what I would consider traditional craft, traditional magic. And then, you know, we, this is all shades of gray, working its way into the craft, and then the craft just can keep on going. And, you know, it, it's like there's no real line for me, and I don't know that we want to draw it. I think everybody that, that, that questions here should really make a point of going to New Orleans. Why I go there once a year. Because I've never seen a place that amplifies the concept of the spirit of place better. Yes. And I work a lot at, with that concept here. Though so the spirit of place in Salem is very forced and pushed down from that spirit. And it hasn't fully recovered from it. What's interesting about New Orleans is it's all real. So mm-hmm. if someone were to ask the question, is that real? I would say in New Orleans, Catholicism and Voodoo and witchcraft and Native American, Mesoamerican and Cajun and all those magical systems and philosophical and religious spiritual ideals come together in this gumbo where where it all becomes real. I mean, I've had some phenomenal Catholic experiences in New Orleans long after I became a witch. And and it's a place that all of those things intersect in in, 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 like sacred geometry. And if you find that, yeah, it's one of the reasons Bloody Mary fascinates so much because she gets it, that that it's all there, and that if it, and it's all there because we're there. You know, your energy is contributing to the energy of the whole. So is mine. So is Gavin. So is Ron. So is Martin's over there, and 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 we pour that energy into the place where we are, and it becomes a composite, and it often creates what we call haunting. You know, people are always asking me about Jamford State Mental Hospital. I think there's a part of it that's haunted, but I think... Because you were there? Well, not... I didn't live there. I, I, I was a few visits, you know. <laughs> well, my mother was pregnant with me when she, when she worked there. That doesn't explain a lot, you know. It explains a lot. But, I mean, the energy of the University Hospital to me very much is the energy of those people who lived there, pouring all their pain into the place. I, I do want to put in my two cents for New Orleans. A lot of people don't understand that the... What is with New Orleans? He was saying that about New Orleans and going there once a year, and I want to make sure people understand that they see these terrible pictures of what happened 
in the Ninth Ward and outside of the French Quarter. The French Quarter was barely touched by Katrina. It's not that it wasn't impacted in terms of tourism, so you can go there, and it's still a lot quieter than it used to be. Let me just, Mary brought me to not the Ninth Ward, but one of the other devastated places um, to perform some psychic work. And there were, and I came up with some stuff that some other people had come up with, which was really cool for me because, you know, I always question. And we, right, and I had seen some of the same energies that they had seen in, in you know, the voodoo priests and priests that were there and, and magical workers. And that, that to go to this place, to feel the devastation, I don't think that people should just go to the border. I mean, that's obviously... No, they, but they need to know that there is a haven, a place... That, a, I get it. Know that there's a wonderful place of the food is great. But also, I think that it would be a life lesson to go to one of those places, to learn about the spirit of place. It was so palpable, I could feel it. I began to cry, and I'm not the most overly crying type of person, but this... Oh, yeah, my headphones. Yeah, well, because the things are always screwing up. No, but that... It was so difficult for me to feel the waves of that. And it wasn't about the people that died. It was about all those people whose families were torn apart and the dog was lost and, you know, the, one sister went to Texas and the other went to Kansas. And that energy poured itself into the land. And it is now coming back. But I think it's important for people who want to understand that the, the spirit of place does have its destructive side, that we can pollute our place. And I think Salem has had that many times over the years. And I think one of the things that I've, one of the reasons I've worked so much with the energies of New Orleans is to help to bring that here. It's why this tour reminds people of that, because I want that energy. Now, you, know, you said you work with the energies of New Orleans. Why don't you explain that a little bit? I mean, what are you going to Water from the Mississippi. I have a, a statue of Marie Laveau as the most exalted place in my altar. I have a, a piece of her original kneeling prayer bench. Oh, you were talking about parts of New Orleans? Dirt from Orleans. But also the energy. Like, in other words, when I go there, I take the spiritual energy as well as physical remnants. Like, Gavin here brought me this wonderful, it was like a love spoon type of charm. Yeah. You know, because he asked me, well, what do you want from, from, from England? I said, well, it should be something that's very close to the land or made or, you know, something that's part of the energy of the place. Like when I go to the St. John and the Virgin Islands, I might take a teeny piece of coral. Because I'm not supposed to take them, but you know, I take a teeny piece. I feel like I'm not really breaking the wall. You know, <laughs> I'm a I can hide it in my nose. Yeah, I walk it outside the, uh, you know, the realm of the legalized. That's the job of the witch. You know what I mean? You give them an inch. You're taking the freaking coral. You're not breaking the wall. The spirit of place is so powerful that I think that wherever you are, it, there's magic. Take advantage. I think Salem has very powerful magic, but it's also chaotic. New Orleans is more insane. What's the food better? I mean, I like Salem. Okay, wait a minute. I, I got to bring this up. Okay, now we, we, the owner, uh, Gavin, and myself, and Martin, and uh, who else was with us? Well, Laura, our photographer. We went to America Stonehenge. Okay, right, and it's an awesome place, right? But we did an investigation there, and we were interviewing people that worked there. And there was a, a woman that worked there, okay? And she was there one day, and this little lady came in with her daughter, and they came back, and they had a stone. And they put it on the counter and says, please, take this back. And she says, what do you mean? She says, just take it back. And she pushed her. She says, we were here yesterday, and we took this stone. I came home, brought it to my house, and then there was a nine-foot Indian in my living room. So I want this out of here. So are there things that we aren't supposed to take? 
If you want to say happy, so if he gets a nine for the eight, you're back. Well, if he's cute. <laughs> I mean, are there things that, that we shouldn't disturb or that we shouldn't touch? I mean, seriously. Um, anything that's got fungus on. No, I think that's what we're talking about. Huh? I mean, is there sac- sacred stuff, basically, what I'm saying, that shouldn't be removed? And I, I think that when we get into haunted places, Sometimes it is about the land, and it is about the spirit there more than about any event that took place there or people who are buried there or, or whatever. I think that we are talking about a certain spirit that has affected that particular place, and it just, you know, we're just labeling it haunted. And I think that, um, I think that that's very true of Denver State Hospital. I think that there are spirits there, but I think the, li- the lion's share of the energy that's negative there is the energy of the pain of the people who live there. So... The Boston Herald basically asked me, should we have them come and do an exorcism? You know, they wanted the sensational. They come to a witch. It's kind of cool. They want the sensational. I said, no, here's what you do. This is, you're not going to like this answer. This is what I'm going to tell you. That they should. Is that, is that the phone from hell? The telephone to the other side. Living in Adopt one of those graves. So that the energy that's been corrupted, maybe that person's spirit itself has moved on, but it's just—it's a way of creating a symbolic connection to that person's energy that's negative. That'd be good, though. I mean, for instance, if I want to start taking care of a grave that had been abandoned, I mean, would that spirit latch on to me and all of a sudden be around me all the time? And I think most of them. It doesn't work. I don't know. I think most of them have moved on because I because it just doesn't. Because the more positive you get in the spirit of place, the more you heal it. And you correct it. And that's what the work that's being done spiritually in New Orleans is. And so, I, like, for example, last year at the eve of St. John's ceremonies on the bridge at Bayou St. John, when Marie Laveau used to baptize people, Bloody Mary brought me to a Haitian-style ceremony, Sally and Glassman that does the Voodoo Tarot phenomenal. And they're a little different than Mary. That's what the festival did. No, 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 this is in New Orleans in June, you know, the, the summer solstice. And Mary brought me to this ritual, and we did the Haitian thing. Then she does the Marie Laveau thing, and we actually baptize. So much, it's more like the cleansings that they do annually. And you, I had to go into Bayou St. John, close to Katrina. I had to have this thing, because there's always something fun to You can't see under the water. So it takes time. You've got to really care about the spirit of place. <laughs> but here's a major active thing. Here's another example. When I went to Mexico, I had this magical work that I really wanted to get done. So I, I, I went to the Cobra Room. And I buried, I buried the, the, the name at the bottom of the temple steps of, of the people I wanted to, not so much curse, but I just wanted to have them. Well, you know, yeah, I had some people that were caught. Was my name on there by then? They're no longer, because they're all being nice. And everybody's, you know, everybody's nice now. It's always good energy. So the mind, care of everything. I went, you know, and I went there and I put, I, Lori Bruno told me, put the names at the bottom of the steps. And I, so I did it, and then I said to myself, you know, I'm not really respecting the spirit of place. I need to climb the pyramid. Now, there's nobody else on it. And, of course, I climbed the Cobra ruin. I mean, the, uh, the Chichen Itza ruin, but on my ass, because I'm afraid of heights, and my mother scuttled up like a spider. <laughs> but the Cobra ruin, there was nobody on that pyramid, and it was much taller than Chichen Itza. My mother wouldn't go up. I had to go up by myself, and I would not go up on my ass. I used the rope, and I kind of stood up. And when I got to the, the top of the pyramid, I truly felt like I had the right to do that spell. And then when I walked back down the pyramid, I buried the And the magic worked. So a lot of magic is 
a lot of magic is connecting with the spirit of where you are and the energy of where you are. Well, that brings up another interesting point. Is there a cost for spells and what things we do, curses and things? For instance, well, I know you're looking at me crazy, but if you're doing something and you're calling on spirits to decide to do something for you, uh, do they want you to do something? Some do. Yeah. Some do. You know, and the, but you all, and by the way, this is where the, you know, you get a good psychic lawyer because, you know, you want to make sure you get good terms on these books. You, know, you make sure there's always a time limit if you say, well, you know, you do one for mama, she'll do one for you, kind of like Chicago. You make, you make sure that there's something, you know, you get a little bit in writing. That's where they have those medieval packs, you know, but back then they gave away the store. You know, you don't ever give away your soul. It doesn't work that way. You know, Ron, I would turn it around and say, you know, as a Catholic, when you pray to particular saints, do you offer them something in return? I mean, I, in many cases, the saints' identities are based on pagan gods and goddesses. So if you are saying a prayer to a particular saint asking for intercession, are you offering something in return? Well, see, first of all, I really never pray to the saints because I was doing the big guy. So I always cut the moment. But anyway, uh, you do, actually, in a way, if, if you do pray to... Many times, uh, for instance, I, I know Maureen was, uh, had a near-death experience. She was basically dead. And her mother went out into the hall, and she said, Oh, dear God, if you make her, if you make her well, then uh, you know, I'll go to church every day. So that is a path. That, that, yeah, well, you know, it didn't work. But that's besides the point. I mean, it worked that she survived it, but she kind of like reading it a little bit. But anyways, uh, luckily we have a forgiving God, so that's kind of cool. But that's, uh, um, you know, that's a path. Right, you're asking something for something. So, I mean, you know, I, mean, I haven't. Yeah, I feel as though we're, we're talking the universal terms. So, I, I think when we separate witchcraft from other things, we get into trouble. But that's, you know, that's my crusade. I, you know, me on that one. So I'm, I know I'm really silent, Joe. Oh, you've been very quiet. No, it's, it's good. You know, I, I love. You know, Christian, is that what you're going to say? I, I love. I'm feeling it as well. I love the pair of them. I could just and listen to both of them forever, you know, and I agree with absolutely everything, you know, that every, every point they've made is totally on my vibe, what I think as well, so, but no, I, I, I've been silenced with this, but, it's, it's, you know, it's great, I do believe in what, you know, what you take to give back something, you know, again, that's going back into the but if I ever take something from the land, I give them back, even if it's just a thought for a moment, so I just, you know, do a little blessing or anything at all like that. Always gives them back, you know, karma, always, you know, good karma, what goes around comes around. I mean, the, the thing is, too, is, is you have to do something. You just can't say, you know, there is a commitment on your part. I mean, I, I always, I, this is my, my favorite story, is, is the guy that needs the money for the lottery, you know, and, and he says, oh, God, I need, I need, I'd love to win the lottery. I really need the money. Can I win the lottery? And God says, yes, you'll win the lottery. And so day goes by, nothing happened. Week goes by, nothing happened. Month goes by, nothing happened. A year goes by, nothing happened. So finally he's in church. He's, you know, really decided and everything else. He hasn't won the lottery. So he says to God, he says, God, you said I'd win the lottery. And God says, buy a ticket. So we have to do something on our part. It's not just a thing. I mean, that's a simple thing, but, you know, it's just not going to be given to you. It's simple as that. So anyways, uh, Christian, I actually have a great idea here for this store. I mean, this is, this, is, this is actually phenomenal. I mean, I would put my name on this. Uh, probably. 
Um, no, you got to understand something. They were going to, at one point in time, we've totally turned aside. Because now our official tourism board is selling stage blood bottles to raise money for haunted happenings. Yeah, but it's great to me because they were going to turn this into boats and ships. Five years ago, they were determined to turn it into maritime. And I said, well, if they ever succeeded, how am I going to carve out a career in tourism? And then I thought of it. I wanted to open an offshore bordello. And they have, well, that'll work. Well, they have the friendship, that 17th century replica ship out on the waterfront. So I thought I could call my boat more than friendship. <laughs> So, anyways, Christian, I that so many more. Okay. Anyway, but anyways, Christian, I had this great idea. Okay, you were looking for something that's really different, all right? Well, Gavin, as it turns out, is a psychic artist. So, and I'm sure you know psychic. In fact, I think when we did the Witch's Ball, it was. I had one once. But wait a minute, wait a minute. This is cool. People could actually come in and uh, give them something or a picture of. I mean, how it was. You could actually draw a picture and sell the picture of the assistant. Drawing. Yeah, I mean, the whole psychic art thing for me, is, again, as a kid, when I was seeing things, first thing you started out, your first memory, seeing spirit. And I, the way I could describe them is I drew them. They were just drawing. There wasn't like the spirit guides and stuff that I was drawing. It was what I was seeing, what I saw I used to draw. And then kept all the drawings to stay in my book. Um, so, yeah, that's, I, if you call that a psychic. Yeah, isn't that a great idea? Yeah, I mean, I don't know for the ball, but I mean... No, I didn't mean for the ball. I mean, I knew you were... Uh, knew some of you yeah, did no, it, but I, mean, I can incorporate things like that. And I mean, this is totally unique. The in October is a festival of the dead. It's not a specifically witch festival. I have witchcraft events, but I also have door events, and I have... Storm? Bloody... Well, hopefully you can get all the, the bugs worked out, and then, you know, Bloody Mary teaching voodoo, which is essentially an ancestral religion of the spirit, so... It fits perfectly in, and I even have a born-again Christian minister who hosts basically an, an event on the Christian perspective of death, but it's done in a very philosophical, emergent church type of way where, you know, you're not getting screamed at. There's no fire and brimstone. Well, except the name, and he does lock you in a safe. He's, his church is in an old bank on salt. Did you give it away? It's part of the fun. Oh, no, they, they, I think they say it in the... You experience the terror of outer darkness and get thrown into an old bank vault and you can't get out. I was actually locked in a crypt when I was young. Not because of the crypt. I don't like weird smells. I think if I was stuck in a crypt, it has to smell bad. Anyways, I mean, that, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, second welcome. I mean, your story is excellent again. It's like Essex Street here. I don't know the number. It's 246 Essex Street, and it's diagonally right across from the statue of Samantha Stevens from The Wit, which came to think of that special. How can you not love it? <laughs> you do something wrong with me? Or there no, is there's something wrong with me. <laughs> Samantha Stevens is amazing. But we, um, we're at 246 Essex Street, and we don't have a website up yet, but the, the URL... You have something on MySpace. Yeah, well, if you go to the web address, for it's SalemHack.com, and it's just a logo and a link to the MySpace, so you can get to the MySpace and the web SalemHack.com. And uh, eventually we're going to have online shopping. It's just, we're, there's so much preparation that's going into October. Hopefully we'll have it up by then, but we're... 
you know, we're preparing for Festival of the Dead, which you can get to at festivalofthedead.com. And we have over 20 different events and workshops, including a psychic fair, the, the official Salem, which is Halloween Ball, the Vampire's Masquerade Ball. We have a new one that's totally it's the most non-spiritual thing we ever do. The Retro Zombie Ball, which is basically the... Oh, yeah, that's, Oh, a lot of people like to come early, you know, Columbus Day, and I realized, you know, nobody ever does a Halloween party to these early people. But we need to do a Halloween party that's all like zombies. You have to be a zombie? Toxic well, you don't even need to dress in costumes. Just show up. And we'll, uh, you know, I even like the clothes. I think they're working. Um, so, you know, yeah, you could lumber through the city with that. It would be great. Um, well, hey, Maureen's not here. Somebody Thank you. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so we wanted something early, and it's 80s music, a little bit of 70s. We're going to have zombie songs and horror songs, and it's it, basically, it's totally, we freaked everybody out in the witch. The Rod Zombie band? When we did the Vampire Ball, we got, like, so many people in the pagan world up and on. So how can you mix that? How can you mix vampires and witchcraft on the same building? And I said, well, Universal Studios has been doing it for decades. I mean, I'm only sorry I haven't found a role for the creature of the Black Lagoon yet. Everybody forgets about him. <laughs> but anyway, you know, so we got that kind of thing. But they all center around death. My favorite event is the Dumb Supper. I can tell you, we're going to have to have a We're down to like uh, a minute and a half, so uh, you want to sum up? Let me know. Oh, no, let them say something. Well, I mean, once again, your, your festival. We, we, we talked when you answered the phone. That was really oh, good. Oh, I'm sorry. He's all right. Yeah. Not like me? Is that what you're trying to no, tell me? No, 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 no. Yeah, There's this new thing called reconnection, too, which I had done for me in the hospital. It's some kind of psychic crap. Oh, oh no, God, did I say? <laughs> no, no, no. It, it was done remotely on me. It's, it's, a, new, it's a new thing. <laughs> Well, anyways, we got about like 30 seconds to the outro. And uh, so, Christian, we want to thank you for hosting us here at Hex on uh, Essex Street across from the Mary Poppins statue there or whatever it is. No! But I love her, too. She's on our soundtrack. Okay. Thank you, Christian. And uh, Fiona, once again, I know you do it. No, <laughs> no one ever does when Christian is here. Well, I got to say plenty, and I've had a great time at the store. I really recommend people come down here because it is just a really nice space. Hollowhill.com. Oh, my website? Yeah. Hollowhill.com. Free ghost course there. Free ghost. And also with us is Gavin, uh, who is uh, Gavin Cromwell. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely always a pleasure. Highly recommend this show. Yeah, I've got a couple of volunteers over there. I'm sure that's why they. We've got an investigation Saturday. Those kind of investigation with Gavin Cromwell and Ron Cohen. So anyways, uh, we're kind of wrapping it up, and uh, we want to thank Christian once again. Oh, Christian, I want you to tell you one thing. I was looking at the prices of your pendulums. Those are like the best around. Christian, the pendulum prices are awesome. I paid 28 dollars. <laughs> so anyways, we want to thank everybody. Uh, goodbye from Texas. Uh, Good night, and God bless. From ghoulies to ghosties, it was long as it was degrees inside. Believe a will of truth, and tears did.